Hello, this is the audio version of the Better Strangers article for Wednesday, February 21st. It is How to Build a Community Fridge. It is my final entry into my mutual aid course, which has been running since the beginning of the year. Um, I did an interview with uh, activist Shelley King. Um, I do have audio of the interview, but I realized pretty quickly how much time it was going to take me to try and splice everything she said into the article that I wrote after the fact. So I'm just going to read uh, her lines, but I'll try and, you know, mention when it's uh, quotes and stuff like that. Um, if you are interested in more of this, uh, of the mutual aid course, I will be producing a kind of resource sheet next week, including all of the articles I've written. Some of them are paywalled, but I will also hopefully be offering a, uh, ebook, which you'll be able to buy. Um, so, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. And we'll be doing a new course in a few weeks time. So, uh, excited for that to get started too. In 2020, Shelly King moved to her current house in Sacramento, California and began cooking a lot. It was just me and my husband and our kids, she said, so we were ending up with tons of food waste because it was really fun to cook it and then nobody would eat the leftovers. The solution came in the form of a community fridge. Community fridges, sometimes called fridges, are an increasingly common mutual aid project that are exactly what they sound like. Fridges placed in public spaces that anyone can drop food in and that anyone can take food out of. They are godsends in a time of rising food insecurity for a number of reasons. First, Americans waste 80 million tons of food each year. This is the equivalent to 38% of all food and roughly 149 billion meals. While 46% of this waste comes from the food industry itself, much of it comes from private households. And as you likely know yourself, the food that's most likely to end up in the garbage is fresh produce. This is at a time where 49 million Americans rely on food assistance each year. For food kitchens, most of the food donated is non-perishable, which means that for the food insecure, it's harder to get access to fresh produce. Community fridges cut out all of the middlemen. You have some apples you're not going to get around to eating before they go bad, you put them in the community fridge. Boom, fresh food for someone in your neighborhood who needs it. Second, unlike food kitchens, community fridges are rooted in mutual aid, not charity. This means there aren't any barriers to entry for a community fridge. If you are, say, a trans person dealing with food insecurity, you don't need to worry about what might be facing you if you enter a food kitchen that's held in a conservative church. It also means that you don't need to prove or quantify your need. Building her own fridge. For King, though, the community fridge closest to her was still a trek. After schlepping a wagon load of food to the fridge, she started talking to the hosts of the fridge and asked whether there was a need for one in her part of town. And they said, absolutely. With advice from the hosts of the other fridge, the help of a handyman, and a grant provided by the Fridge Network, which, by the way, uh, does uh, a ton of uh, grants to people who want to do these sorts of programs and also offers legal and practical help for anyone who wants to do this. Um, but yeah, with the help of the Fridge Network, King installed a fridge on her own property. King said she wanted the fridge to have a glass door, quote, because I really wanted people to be able to see inside. I feel like it's super sketchy to, like, open a closed refrigerator door, end quote. She also reached out to a local activist who goes by the Instagram handle The Awkward Gardener, who has built relationships with groceries and restaurants, collects their leftover food, and distributes it to local community fridges. In February of 2023, she finally got it up and running, and the initial response was great. King would tell people walking by about the fridge and answer questions to, to spread the word, and the fridge quickly became popular. One of the most common questions I got, King told me, was, what do you do if the food goes bad or if it expires? And she said, that won't happen. The food is gone in an hour. 
and the amount of food going through it went well beyond her and her family. She said she felt really inconsequential putting in her, quote, piddly little leftovers, because they last like two minutes, and then everything's gone. Even when she made stuff in bulk specifically for the fridge, it went out fast. Quote, I had a whole bunch of dried pasta and a whole bunch of jars of pasta sauce, and I was like, I'm just going to make a whole bunch of pasta and put it in there. It was the most I probably had ever put in because I wasn't cooking for myself. I was just cooking for the fridge, and it was still gone in 10 minutes, end quote. It helped that she lives a block off of a restaurant street. As people found out about the fridge, they would drop their leftovers from the restaurant into the fridge. And in the summer, as people began to have outdoor barbecues, they'd put in their leftovers into the fridge as well. And some in her neighborhood were simply doing what she'd done before the project began, dropping off their own excess food. As a rule, King tried not to pay too close of attention to who, sh who was taking food out of the fridge. People were appreciative, but she said, I try not to look at the people who are picking up food and put them into a bucket. But, because of what happened next, King ended up running an online survey and has since gotten a better sense of the demographics that use the fridge. While the unhoused use the fridge regularly, many are housed people in the neighborhood who are dealing with food insecurity. In the spirit of the community fridge, King is not picky about who uses it. You don't need to be in need. It, quote, if there's a parent whose kid is going apeshit because they're hungry, and if there's something in there, they can take it. End quote. And she added, you don't have to be destitute. You could have money for something, but sometimes it's the convenience. I was super stoned one night, and somebody had stocked the whole fridge with Lunchables, and I was like, oh my god, I've died and gone to heaven. End quote. But as of my interview with King back in December, the fridge was not in operation. She'd unplugged it and was using it in the interim as a little free library. So, what happened? Attack of the NIMBYs. Unfortunately, the community fridge has drawn the ire of that classic feature of middle-class neighborhoods, the NIMBY, not-in-my-backyard crowd. At some point, someone came to the fridge, found it empty, and attacked the door, shattering one of the layers of glass on the front. After this happened, King started receiving citations from the city of Sacramento. She has, quote, I think a total of five of them at this point, and most of them are closed. King's job involves regularly dealing with state regulations, so she's used to reading code, and was quickly able to prove that most of the citations were spurious. It was clear that the code violations were the result of complaints from some of her neighbors. In order to make the fridge work better, King circulated a survey online to get a sense of what the problems were and how she could address them. Quote, I seem to have about 10 neighbors who really, really, really hate this refrigerator, she told me, and about 100 neighbors who either really like it or at least think it's okay. So it's a vocal majority. The city of Sacramento doesn't actually have any regulations governing community fridges, so the citation that is stuck at this point is a violation of my setback. End quote. Sacramento's regulations require that any constructions be set back at least three feet from the property line. The problem is that she lives in a very old house, so the property lines aren't clearly drawn on any document for her. She's asked the city to come and show her where they're measuring from so that she can follow the regulation, but so far, they've ignored her. I've walked around the neighborhood and found many, many presumably setback violations, so yeah, they're just trying to get rid of it, she said. In the survey Kings circulated, she got to the bottom of what really upset people. In a Facebook post breaking down the results, she wrote, quote, Most of the complaints about the I Street fridge fall into three buckets. One, the fridge brings unhoused people to the neighborhood, and though we want to help unhoused people, we want to do it somewhere else. Two, the fridge is unsanitary. And three, having the fridge resulted in an increase in trash. The problem, she points out, is that the city is not actually allowed to tell unhoused people which neighborhoods they're allowed to enter. 
They also don't regulate community fridges, so they can't really enforce anything on the basis of trash or sanitation. They only offer best practices. But she believes she understands the real problem. Quote, My neighborhood is nicer than I would say any other neighborhood in Sacramento that has had or does have a community fridge. So they do have best practices, but I think one of the unspoken best practices is don't put it in a nice neighborhood. It frustrates her, she says. Quote, I mean, our neighborhood is such a liberal enclave. You can't walk a block without seeing something about how black lives matter or in this house we believe dot dot dot. Like, they're everywhere. But that is the extent of how the neighborhood wants to engage. They want to give money to food banks, which I think is great. Food banks really, really need money. But that's kind of the boundary that I'm recognizing that my neighborhood sort of has. Lessons learned in feeding your neighbors. King suspects that the source of most of the trouble comes down to one man. For the most part, all of my interactions with people have been super pleasant, she told me. People are either really kind or really grateful. There is one man who is not kind nor grateful. He's clearly very emotionally distressed all of the time. He's the only person who has ever done anything I would say that's like negative. He threw food at me and my older daughter while he was laying on the sidewalk in front of the fridge, and I was like, okay, please don't do that. But it wasn't dangerous. She adds, he is an incredibly disturbed man, and he was here before the fridge was here. And he's still here. This is the, his neighborhood. I don't really like him, but I do think that he should get to eat. King suspects that this man is the one who broke the door of the fridge and also caused the main source of the unsanitary complaints. He found figs in the fridge, didn't like them, and threw them all over the sidewalk in the summer, attracting flies. Quote, it got gross for sure. I had to get out the pressure washer and pressure wash the sidewalk. As part of her plan going forward, King wants to schedule more regular cleanings and pressure washings, and when they move the fridge to fit the setback regulations, she plans to put out a bench, better signage, a trash can, and a phone charging station next to it so people can sit and eat. But the existence of a difficult person in her neighborhood does not outweigh the good the fridge does in her view, and she thinks the response from some of her neighbors is exaggerated. Quote, I have two small kids, right? Like, I am not an insane person who's just going to put my kids in danger so I can feed people. The fridge is right downstairs from my front door. She also noted that all of the people who claimed the fridge was unsanitary had never actually used the fridge, per the survey. Quote, the problem has solved itself, she posted on Facebook. Continue to not use the fridge. She adds, some of the comments I've gotten are like, why don't you box up specific meals and then take them to a place and then give them to people? And I'm like, well, maybe because people want to choose their own food. We wouldn't think for a second that we would take that agency away from anyone else. But if you're poor, food insecure, an unhoused drug user, they were very quick to be like, well, you don't get to make any choices anymore. And I disagree. End quote. King's struggle with her neighbors appears to have been a productive one, though. As of publication, while she's had to eat the fines, locals who support the project have chipped in to cover the costs. She has also been offered free help by UC Davis's humanitarian legal aid organization, and her case may result in the city putting together a legal pathway for community fridges to acquire permits, thus making them less susceptible to hostile neighbors weaponizing city code against these sorts of projects. King admits that creating her own community fridge is not a low barrier to entry for anyone looking to get into mutual aid. She first became familiar with the concept by volunteering with harm reduction groups for drug users. But, if all goes well, it looks like her project will make life a lot easier for future Sacramentonians who wish to feed their neighbors. That is the end of the mutual aid course. Um, I will be doing a, a resource sheet next week with uh, links to all of the other um, all the other articles I've done, and hopefully I'll be able to have the ebook ready by that time, but I'll let you guys know when I do. Uh, I've got a really exciting, much bigger course coming up after that. 
Um, it's called Wondrous Creatures, tentatively, and it's sort of about how uh, I don't think it's terrible to be a human. It's largely based around the works of the comic writer Alan Moore, but I'm going to go into all sorts of like crazy philosophical stuff and ways of looking at the world. Uh, it's a pretty good one if you deal with mental health problems or kind of like bleak nihilism or apocalypticism. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'm hoping to turn that into something that's absolutely huge. Um, but uh, that will be starting in a few weeks. The mutual aid course uh, is has now run its course. And uh, if you've got anything else you'd like me to cover on the topic of mutual aid, I'd be happy to come back to this course in the future and add kind of like one-offs here and there. Uh, I'm also going to keep an eye out for for any books or any information that might be interesting to people who are who are interested in this topic. So I'm not done with this. I'm just kind of like closing the book for now. Um, so please leave comments, uh, send me emails if you've got any feedback or anything like that, and uh, I will be back next week.